Well, good morning and welcome to Winners Win Live. I'm Chris Coakley, president of Surge 365, and uh, I'm so excited to spend some time with you this morning. Um, I, I just want to talk about, you know, winning in today's, you know, situation and really what it takes to kind of take your business to the next level. And most of you are going to be surprised or probably not surprised that the answer really doesn't change much. I mean, what it takes to be successful is always what it takes to be successful. And uh, there's never a shortcut or easy way. Um, it's tough. You got to pay a price. You got to do what it takes. But it's worth it. You know, it, whatever you think success feels like, um, I'm, I'm willing to bet it's going to be 10 times better than that. I'm, I'm willing to bet that. And I used to hear that a lot when I was building on my journey. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. But guys, it's so true. When you really do start to live the life you've dreamed of, or even better than you dreamed of, it's, it's, it, it makes all the pain of what it took to get there kind of go away. You know, I, I heard somebody use the example that is, it's kind of like childbirth. You know, from what I hear from women, having a baby is horrifying. It's the most excruciating pain you probably can imagine from what I've heard. <laughs> Yet, a baby is so much joy <laughs> that so many women do it more than once. <laughs> you would think from what they say it's like, nobody would do it more than once. But what they're not explaining is the joy and the change that a child brings to your life is so incredible. It makes the pain of bringing the child into the world almost, it almost goes away. You don't even think about that. Before you know it, you're doing it again. See guys, that, that, that process of paying a price in order to have this beautiful birth is, is the process of success. But sometimes we also get things confused. Here's my biggest fear, and I've seen this happen so many times. One, you mix charity with business. See guys, I want you to understand something. The Bible says there will always be poor amongst us. And that's why we're supposed to care for them. See, everybody's not gonna build a successful business. Everybody's not gonna make a lot of money. Everybody's not gonna pull themselves up from their bootstraps and everybody's not gonna do what are all these philosophies that people have for why the poor shouldn't be poor or could change their situation. Everybody's not gonna do it. Everybody's not gonna understand how. Everybody's not gonna get the right opportunities. Everybody's not going to break some of the cycles in their life or in their family. Everybody's not going to get out of the bad neighborhood. And so charity is always and should always be a part of our lives. 
you should always help. But business is how you make money. Let me give you an example. Some of my favorite restaurants during this pandemic have not lowered the prices of their food. As a matter of fact, some of them have increased the prices and made the portions smaller. <laughs> you know, we ordered dinner uh, um, on our anniversary from one of our favorite steakhouses, and I swear to you, it appeared like the steak was smaller, the portion of, of uh, uh, lobster mac and cheese was little. None of it was like I remembered my plate used to be when I went and sat in the restaurant. Yet it still cost hundreds of dollars. Now, when you blend charity with business, people's response is, well, people can't even afford to eat. The food bank lines are wrapped around the corner. They're running out of food. People are starving. Well, these restaurants donate a lot of food to those food banks. These restaurants give a lot of food away to help people. But they don't lower their prices to help people. See the difference? They still run a business to make a profit and they contribute to charity because it's the right thing to do. They do both. They just don't try to do them together. They're not trying to figure out how to make their steakhouse affordable to someone who has no money because you can't. So they make money from those who still have it and then they share with those who don't. And I can take that example and go from restaurant to stores, to retail, to I can go all the way around the corner. I just bought some great products and soothing bath oils and CBD stuff. That It wasn't cheap. A little bag like that to pour in my bathtub is like 40 bucks. You only get like two, three baths out of it. Why have they not made that cheap in today's economy? Because you don't run your business to people outside of your market. See, their market isn't people who are struggling right now. Their market is people who aren't. But they take their profit and they help those who are struggling with some of that. As I build this business, I understand that you don't just need success to win. You got to want it. See, people who succeed want to succeed so bad they can't stand it. They don't just now, some of them need it too, but they want it more than they need it, which is why they're willing to do what it takes to get it. Because here's the thing about success. Success is neither easy nor fast. What do I mean? Uh, 
if you want to be successful, you're not out looking for a way to pay your light bill. Because chances are success won't come fast enough to pay your light bill. Example, if I want to be successful in the restaurant industry, I want to open my own restaurant, I want to have the best restaurant in the world, I want to become rich from my restaurant, I wouldn't be motivated to do it because my light bills do. Because guess what? Most restaurants don't even make a profit in the first five years. That means for five years, the money's not going to come. I got to get the building. I got to build it out and decorate it. I got to get the food. I got to get, the, I got to hire staff. I got to do advertising. I got to do marketing. Let people know where it is. And I've got to do that day after day, week after week, month after month, until I have the most popular restaurant there is. And then I start to turn a profit where I make enough money to make back what I invested. And then once I make back what I invested, now everything else after expenses becomes, pro that's a process. So sure, while you're going through it, you might be struggling. So you need money. But the reason you go through it is because you want to win. See guys, to be successful in business isn't just about need. It's about want. And the want is more important than the need. Now, why am I covering all this? Because while you're out there trying to build your network, your network of like-minded people who love to travel, that's what you're building. A network of like-minded people who love self-improvement. A network of like-minded people who have large dreams and goals. A network of like-minded people who want to win so bad they can't stand it. That's what you're building. And some of you are having a tough time building it because you're trying to figure out how to get those who need it to do it. And you can't understand why they need it, but won't do it. And you think, what can I do to help the needy do it so they can become successful and hit their goals and make a lot of money. How can I help the struggling do my business? Can I make it cheaper? Can I make it easier? And the sad part is no. What it takes to win is what it takes to win. And if your business isn't a business designed to take the poor or needy and make them wealthy, which I've never seen a business designed to do that, then it's not going to do that.
See, if I'm looking for like-minded people to build a network with that love to travel, which costs money and can be expensive depending on where and how you like to travel, who, who loves self-improvement, which can be expensive when you start talking about books and seminars and all the things you got to do to become better and become a better leader. I'm going to look for people who can afford to do it. But that are sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to look for people who have a job but hate their job. I'm going to look for people who have money saved but are looking for a way to build their own business so they don't have to work for a boss anymore. I'm going to look for people who may be on the front line as an essential worker today that wants to make sure they don't have to be an essential worker forever. I'm going to look for people who want to win so bad they daggum can't stand it. I'm going to look for people that will pull their money together and do what it takes to be successful. Those people who are pulling money out of their 401ks right now to start their own little bagel shops. People who are pulling money out of their savings to open up franchises, people, that's who I'm looking for. But Chris, what about all the people that are struggling? I'm going to help them. I'm going to donate to the food banks. I'm going to donate my time. I'm going to donate the clothes that I don't wear anymore to those who may need clothes. I'm going to give as much money as I can possibly give to help local charities and to do charitable work through my fraternity. I'm going to make sure that in every way I can contribute, I'm going to help those who need help right now. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. But I can't help them win at my business if they don't want it bad enough. See, winning has never been about your, your financial status. It's about your desire. When I joined this industry, I was a 19-year-old college student with no money, no checking account, no nothing. The only reason I could eat was because I had a financial aid card that allowed me to get food from the cafeteria. And it had a certain amount of money on it every month. And if I ate more of that money up before the month was over, I had to starve until that card got filled up again for the following month. I had no car. And someone took me to a meeting and I sat down and looked at a business opportunity. And I didn't totally understand it, but I hoped it was true. And it was $99 to join. Most of you heard this story. And I began to ask people, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, my friends, to come up with the $99. And I finally got one of my aunts to give me the money. See, I didn't have it. I was one of those people who needed help, but I wanted to win so bad I couldn't stand it. I wanted to help my mom so bad it was driving me crazy. I wanted to be somebody so bad I was scared of failure. 
So I was willing to try whatever it took to win. And once I borrowed that $99, I couldn't lose. It would be an embarrassment to take someone's $99, join a business, and have to go back and say, it didn't work. So I worked it. See, the common denominator wasn't that I needed the business. It was that I wanted to be successful more than anything I needed. And when you want it, you'll figure out how to do it. But guys, business 101, if you don't take any money in, you cannot pay any money out. So many people are being bamboozled by business schemes that have made it so cheap to join. And, and so, but do you really think you're going to make money? Because if they're not taking any money in, how are they going to pay out any money? How can they say, join my business for $10, you could make millions? From $10? How many people would have to join for $10 for me to make millions? You can make millions selling my product. My product's only $2. Everybody can afford it. True. But how many people would have to buy this $2 product for me to make millions and achieve all my goals and dreams. It's business 101. You can't pay out what you don't take in. Here's another truism of business. Successful people aren't motivated by little money. If you read the stories, and I know I suggested this before, I'm going to suggest it again. Read the autobiographies of successful people. Learn their journeys. Learn what they went to to become who they are today. And what you will find is none of them, none of them were chasing little money. Most of them weren't chasing any money. They were chasing a dream, a concept a goal, a desire to be somebody, to do something special. And when they achieved that, it happened to make them more money than they ever, ever could have believed they would have made. But in none of their stories did I see, man, I was just looking to make a hundred bucks. And so I worked my butt off for that hundred bucks and it ended up being a million. I have not seen that line in any autobiography of any successful person. See, the A-type personality that is required to win isn't even motivated by little money. So you got to ask yourself, what are you really trying to build and who's your target market? Because that's really the key question that determines your success. What are you trying to build and who's your target market? And then spend your time, effort, and energy getting into the market that you're targeting. I don't have a target market. I'm just talking to everybody. Well, then you're going to spend a lot of time getting no results. 
because more than half of the people you're, you're going after isn't the market you should be targeting. So Chris, how do we do it? Here, here's a few things I think will help you. See, if you want to win, you got to have incredibly large goals. Your goals have got to be big enough to encompass people. When people hear your goal, they got to see themselves fitting into your goal. You got to talk about how many people are you looking to help? How many people are you going to mentor? How many people are you going to show how they can build a six-figure income and become wealthy within three to five years? How many people are you going to help that happen for? So that when people meet you, when they hear you speak, when you explain your business, they can see themselves fitting into your goal. They don't see themselves working for you. They see you working for them. They see that you have a goal to help people succeed and they could be one of those people if they want it bad enough. What goal are you talking about? What do people hear come out of your mouth? What, what you want to become? How much you want to make? What's the next promotion you want to get? Or do they hear what they want to become? What they want to make? The life they want to have? See, if you have a goal and vision that encompasses others, then you can attract other people to your business. You got to have a game plan that's charitable. See, I believe this. You got to talk about how what you're doing is going to help people. Not necessarily by coming into your business and being a business partner, but you hear us talk a lot about healing the nation with vacation, not because everybody's going to join our business, but because we're going to show everybody how they can travel for pennies on a dollar and why it's so important to make that part of your annual family tradition. Because it'll not only build memories that your family will never let go of, but there's actually medicinal health benefits to taking that time every year or twice a year or every quarter to sharpen the saw, to reevaluate, to spend time with your family, to relax, to lower your stress. And if we could get so, the, the world to participate, they won't all join us. But if we can get millions and millions of people to participate, How much difference would we have made? Is that what people hear coming out of your mouth when you talk about how what you do is going to help the world? Or do you not talk about how you're going to help the world? No. Here's the third thing you got to do. You got to have personal material goals that motivate people. 
So I said, you got to have a goal and vision of how many people you're going to help in business. You got to have a game plan of how your business is going to help change the world. And then you got to have personal goals that motivate. Well, Chris, what does that mean? Have you not noticed that the world, especially the young people, are motivated by material things? And listen, I'm not saying that that's, it's, it's just young. It's been that way since forever. I joined this industry in 1986. You know what excited most people in 1986? A car. Guess what excites people in 2020? A car. 1986, I started building my business. About eight months into it, I went from having no car to a little BMW 325. Wasn't new, it was used. It was a couple of years old with about 60,000 miles on it. The car cost me, I think about $14,000 back then. But it was new to me. And where I come from, in the neighborhood I grew up in, nobody had one. And on the college campus I was living on, nobody I knew had one. And all of a sudden, I was a rock star. The guy that was running around campus trying to recruit people, that people were trying to avoid, that people were running from, that people were saying, oh my God, here he comes, he's going to try to recruit us again all of a sudden was driving a BMW. Now, I didn't spend $50,000, $60,000, which is what they cost. I spent $14,000. And I think I put half down, and I only financed about $7,000. I had a car payment of a hundred and something dollars. I didn't go broke trying to pretend I was something I wasn't. I bought what I could afford, but I bought what had style. And now everybody on my team said, I'm next. Man, I can't wait till I get my dream car. I'm going to get a, this and I'm going to get that and I'm going to get this. And I remember when he was walking and now he's driving and I'm walking and one day I'm going to be driving. I remember when we finished school and I moved straight to my first condo. A lot of my friends were moving back home after college. Some of them were staying and going on to get their master's or their doctorate degree. I moved to a condo in Woodbridge, New Jersey called Beverly Hills Terrace. Listen to me, guys. It wasn't even the nicest condo I probably could have got, but the fact that it was on Beverly Hills Terrace, there was something grandeur about the word Beverly Hills. I wanted to live on Beverly Hills Terrace. I grew up in the hood my whole life. I wanted to live on, Be so I got a condo on Beverly Hills Terrace. I remember this like it was yesterday. It's probably the only thing I remember about the condo was the daggum name, Beverly Hills Terrace. It was right across the street from the mall. And now I have my condo and my BMW. And everybody on my team was like, wow. I remember when he lived in the dorms and he had nothing. I'm next. 
And guys, I built my whole business one step at a time with personal material goals that showed growth. I went from that BMW 325 to a BMW 525 next. I went from the BMW 525 to a Porsche 944 S Turbo. I went from that Porsche to my first Jaguar. And then I bought three more Jaguars after that before I went to Mercedes. And then I bought a few Mercedes after that. And a Hummer. And a Lincoln Navigator. And I can go on and on. Did I need any of those cars? Nope. But they motivated people. Most of the time, I picked the car that I bought based on what was popular at the time to motivate people, not even based on what I liked. There was a time in my career where I lived in a 5,000 square foot house with a yard the size of a football field by myself. I didn't even have a wife or kids. I didn't need that house. But I had already had a contract. I had already moved into a townhouse. I had already moved into a smaller house. See, my job was to motivate people. So I had to grow incrementally, whether my life fit into my growth or not. Some of you go, well, why would you do that? That's a waste. Not a waste. My job to motivate people. My job is to show people what's possible. There'll come a day when I've hit my goal and I've achieved the level of wealth that I set out to that I can then sit back and live my life the way I want. And it might actually be shocking to most people. See, when I retired in 2003, I actually downsized everything to what I actually needed and liked. Yep. And I moved back into a nice little townhouse because I was still single with no children. I had a nice little car that was paid for. <laughs> and I traveled to 86 different countries, which is what I really wanted to do. So I stopped spending my money on big houses and cars and start spending all my money on travel and fun. And I was retired. I was nobody's leader at that point. I no longer had to make decisions that motivated others. All I had to do was take care of me. I remember when I was convinced to come out of retirement. And I had to have that conversation with myself. Are you ready to be a leader? Are you ready to start to once again live your life as an example for others? And I decided yes, which is why I'm talking to you today. And then I remember one of the first things I did was trade in my little car that was paid for and bought an H2 Hummer. Because at the time, that was what was popular. And then I began my journey to build another team of a couple of thousand people. And I was back in the game. See, you gotta have goals that encompasses others and how you're gonna help them succeed. 
You got to have a game plan for your business of how it's going to change the world. And you got to have personal goals that motivate. And when you have all three, you will begin to attract the type of people you are looking for to build your business. Your message will resonate with those who want to win so bad they can't stand it. Those who want to be somebody so bad they can't stand it. Those who want more out of life. They'll hear your message. They'll understand and believe it's possible. So, Chris, how do how do we do that? I'm not, I don't want to run out and buy an expensive car, and I'm not telling you to. I'm absolutely not. But here's how it starts, guys. First thing you got to do is become great at talking about it. That's all. That doesn't cost nothing. See, I was a great presenter. When I had nothing, I worked on my presentation. I worked on explaining how my business worked. I worked on being able to sell people to dream. I worked on, I would, I would talk about how many people I wanted to help. I would talk about how I was going to change the world. And I would talk about the car I'm going to buy one day, the house I'm going to live in one day. I would get brochures and pictures. I cut pictures out of magazines of what I was going to buy one day. And for probably the first year, at least nine months, it was all talk. But it was, but people that wanted what I wanted heard me and were willing to follow. And all of a sudden I had people making money in the first few months. And all of a sudden I had clients we were helping in the first few months. And then nine months in, I bought the first car. And what did I do? Talk about more people we were going to help. Talk about more ways we were going to change the world. And I immediately started talking about the next car or home or vacation I was going to take. And people who wanted what I wanted heard my message and they gravitated. So where you stand right now, you got to start where you stand. First step, you got to be able to explain your goal. Your mission to make a difference and help people become financially successful. You got to be able to explain how what you do is going to make a difference in the world and how integral and important travel is and always will be. And then you got to be able to articulate, show pictures of, get excited about, enthusiastic about your, your goals, your dreams, the car, the home. Now, some of you are going, Chris, I don't even want any of that stuff. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If you want to win in this industry, you got to go for it. See, when you look at some of the famous rappers or which seem to be the big thing these days, a lot of what they have has nothing to do with what they want. It has to do with motivating their fans to buy their music. The reason their music videos have all kinds of gold and diamonds and jewelry and cars and big houses is to motivate their fans to want to be like them. And, and, and in order to be like them, you got to listen to their music. 
You got to listen to their story in the music so you can live the life that they live. Does it have anything to do with what they actually need or want? Probably not. But it's designed to motivate and create followings. Wealth is attached to followings today. I saw on the news the other day that if you got 10 million followers on TikTok, you could make as much as $5 million. Followers. How do you get 10 million followers on TikTok? You got to do something that makes people want to be like you, that they're willing to follow and watch your life. But if you could create followers, you could create wealth. Guys, that's all we do is create followers, which will create wealth. But instead of doing it just for ourselves, we teach those who follow us how to get those who follow them how to get those to follow them, how to get those to follow them. And in reality, we're not even following a person. We're following a mission. We're following a direction. We're following a cause. But the more people you get to follow, the wealthier you become. And you've got to do whatever in your video of life that attracts people to you. There's a secret. That's how you win. That's how you build a business. You don't try to figure out how to make your business more accessible to the people that are not your market. Your market are people who want to win so bad they'll do what it takes. to get there. Thanks for joining me on Winners Win. Talk to you next time.